Welcome to the Lawfather Podcast. As always, we are here at Lawfather headquarters in our newish kind of uh, Lawfather studio. Uh, we've made some changes. Actually, I'm borrowing uh, the uh, off my wife's office actually for today's podcast. So as we're trying to figure out where the actual new studio is going to be. Uh, as always, we have the live set up. So those of you on Instagram live, welcome. Uh, feel free to ask whatever questions you may have. Jason over here, the producer to the stars, is going to be monitoring those uh, questions and comments. And uh, so please uh, feel free, reach out on there. He'll shuttle them over to me. And uh, maybe you know what we'll do? Uh, the person with the best question or comment will win a Lawfather hat. So Jason will uh, take care of monitoring that, and I'll, I'll try to remind everybody on the live before we kind of wrap up the podcast for, th- for today. Today's podcast is brought to you by Frankie Law. Those of you who went out and partied on Gasparilla and maybe decided to do the dumb thing and drive either your car or your boat and then proceeded to get arrested doing so, all you got to do? Call Frankie Law and they'll take care of the rest. 855-LAW-FATHER. That is how you get a hold of Frankie Law. So I want to jump into kind of a few topics today. I'll give you a little bit of a roadmap, especially for those of you on the live. That way you can you know kind of, kind of figure out and decide if you want to stick around on live. I hope you all do. Uh, but here's what we're going to talk about today. First, maybe talk a little bit about Gasparilla. That just uh, happened this past weekend in Tampa. Kind of a big deal for the city. A pretty, pretty cool event that happens here in the city. So I want to touch on that. I want to talk about uh, law enforcement suicides. It seems to be kind of a, a big, not kind of, it, it is a big topic and it, it ha- it's happening more and more. And I, and I know, um, I know military gets a lot of press on it and there's a lot of numbers and a lot of resources out there. Uh, so I, I want to maybe try to bring this home on the law enforcement side. And then lastly, let's talk a little bit about Wander Franco. Uh, we're getting close to baseball season, and uh, well, I saw some video of him taking BP. Uh, so those of you who aren't familiar with baseball, that's uh, batting practice. So we're going to talk, talk about those couple things. But anyway, those of you from Tampa and those of you who actually came into Tampa, uh, ran into a, a bunch of Canadians, actually, the, uh, the other day, Saturday. Saturday was the Gasparilla Parade here in Tampa, and I think they generally look at there being about 300,000 people on Jason was about two and a half miles, uh, which, which is Bayshore Boulevard. Uh, by the way, Bayshore Boulevard, for those of you who don't know, which is where this parade takes place, has the longest continuous sidewalk in the United States. Now, the misnomer is typically that it's the longest continuous sidewalk in the world, but there is a longer continuous sidewalk, but it's outside of the United States. So there you go. There's your little history lesson. But uh, basically, Gasparilla is an invasion of pirates into the city. Uh, it, it dates back many, many, many hundreds of years ago. And not many, many. I don't think the city of Tampa has been around many, many, many hundreds of years ago. Uh, maybe 100 years or so ago. But anyway, that not the point of the story. Pirates come in and invade, and it's just a big party on on Bayshore. So those of you who were there, hope you all had a good time. The the amount of boats out there were absolutely nuts. Um, they come up Hillsborough Bay. There's a there's a big pirate ship that comes in, and the pirates jump off and uh, take the mayor and, and the key to the city. So kind of a good time. It it, it really is. If you like pirates, uh, it's a good time. I like pirates, so I guess. Uh, I guess being in Tampa is kind of a good thing. Um, but, you know, hopefully everybody stayed safe out there and didn't do anything dumb. Uh, a lot of lot of drinking that goes on, although from where we were, things were pretty tame and mild. So it was, uh, it was a good day. 
Uh, and I think hopefully Jason had a good day as well out there uh, hanging out with friends. It's, it's just it's a good time to uh, to meet up with people that you don't necessarily get to see a lot throughout the year. Those of you who, um, you know, once you get to being an adult, it turns out it's a lot tougher to to see everybody. So that's uh, that was this weekend. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, if you know anybody who got in a car accident or got a DUI during Gasparilla, uh, I know uh, know the place to call. So just make sure uh, you look out for that. Now, let's uh, let's change topics a little bit. I, I know we're kind of jumping around, a little potpourri of a show today. So let's jump into kind of a more serious topic and one that has more questions than answers. And I, I think it's really kind of an important thing to talk about and kind of want to use this uh, platform as a way to maybe springboard an idea and maybe we can take this and and springboard it into something else. And, and part of the reason for doing the podcast where I'm doing it right now, I'm actually doing it inside of a counseling office. Uh, it's I'm actually doing it inside the uh, office for Forza Counseling. Big shout out to Forza Counseling. Uh, I know it's my wife's office and I know that she doesn't have any clients on Monday afternoons and Monday afternoons are when I do my podcast. So uh, this is kind of a perfect time uh, to kind of jump in here and talk about a topic that is kind of right up that alley. And, and it, it goes like this. So I spent six years in law enforcement, three years at Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, three years at Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. And so definitely seen a lot, know a lot of different people. Um, and, you know, I, I've, there's been another Pinellas deputy recently who's taken his own life. Um, quite frankly, I, I don't, I don't know who it is. Um, so I, I've asked around a little bit, but apparently it's not somebody that, you know, may have been, been a big player for the people that I knew right in and around, uh, the sheriff's office, but it doesn't change the seriousness of it nonetheless. Um, because I've known plenty of deputies personally, who, who have done it, uh, guys who you go, man, that, that guy's squared away. That guy, you know, has his stuff together and, and yet here we are type of thing. Uh, and, and I think it's, I think it's a really important thing to talk about because it's a, you know, it's a difficult job. Uh, it doesn't pay real well, although uh, I've heard they've gotten some, some pay increases. So that, that helps a little bit, but it doesn't take away the fact that it's a difficult job that's really being done in a really difficult era. Um, it's a lot different now with, with all the video. Maybe for the better, right? Um, I, I mean, look, I came up in a time when I was trained by all the older guys and, and learned the old school way. And, you know, there, there's, there's a difference. And I think as the guys from my generation who are probably the last to learn the old school way, uh, as those guys start to go away and, and retire um, and move on to other things, uh, you know, I think we're, we might see some changes for the better. And I think one of those changes for the better may be the ability to talk to people, right? And, and I don't mean just the ability to talk to people from a, I'm a deputy, I have to go take a report and I have to go talk to somebody. I mean, from the counseling standpoint, right? Um, I mean, I grew up, in, in the old school generation, you know, I'm, I'm not all that old, but I grew up in the old school generation that you have your problems, you take them, you put them in a little box, you put them away and wash your hands of it. Right. You don't talk to anybody. We, I mean, and we, and they had the resources for us, right? We had the, um, 
there was there were programs that the office offered, uh, you know, paid for all of that generally through health insurance. It's paid for, but you know the the old school guys were cynical. Well, hey, if we go see the company shrink, hey, they're gonna know. If we tell that person something, right, they're gonna go tell the brass, right, and the brass is gonna know, and then our career is going to be crap, right? Um, and, and thinking through kind of historically, right, you watch you watch The Sopranos. Anybody who's seen The Sopranos, and, and this is going to be a weird parallel, but just watch it for a second, right? What did Tony Soprano do, right? What was the big thing that he did? He went and actually he saw a therapist. And, and you know, I think there was a little bit of blowback in, in the real life community, right, that that, that show is based on because bosses don't see shrinks and I want to say there's actually a line somewhere in I'm kind of looking to Jason to see if he remembers um, it's been a while since I've watched but I want to say there's a line somewhere in there that that kind of discusses that bosses don't see shrinks right um, you know so that was the mentality and I think as we come through this new school mentality that's coming through or, or maybe it's not new school maybe it's just not the old school right that it's okay to talk to people. It's okay to get counseling. It's okay to get those feelings out. And, and maybe it's not a matter of just getting feelings out. Maybe it's just a matter of talking about some of these things that you're seeing on a daily basis, right? And and we say daily basis, but it's not. It's not, a, it's not an actual daily basis, right? Like I would say unless you work in, say, Chicago and in probably whatever their worst zone is in Chicago, you're probably not seeing amazingly violent things every single day, okay? So we say on a daily basis, but by and large, I, I, I shudder to think that it's an actual everyday. Six years, I can tell you, and I worked in bad neighborhoods, right? It wasn't an everyday thing. There were quiet days, right? Where there wasn't really much going on, usually Sundays, um, which I guess kind of makes sense, um, but you know, but there are days, and, and, and those days add up, and, and those feelings, being in a neighborhood where no one likes you, no one wants you around, right? Um, they they don't want your help, right? And they're screaming profanities at you the moment you get out of your car, um, you know, where, where you're just being paid to go do a job. Someone called nine one one, you get out, and. Uh, you're going to talk to somebody or try to figure out what's going on and you got people yelling at you, right? Um, I thought my name was effing cracker for um, six years. I looked out at my bed. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's not actually my name, right? However, that was what the, you know, get out of the car. That's what it was, okay? Um, it wears on you. It, it, it truly does. So you have, you know, you could work in a neighborhood that no one likes you, no one wants you around, even though, look, that's your job. Your job is to protect the other part of the population who's going to be not vocal about it, but they want your help, right? Um, kind of along those lines, I'll, I'll tell you, I worked in, in a neighborhood that had a lot of drugs, had a lot of violence, and I would get out and I would talk to some of the residents and, and they would say, look, we're afraid to come out. I am glad that you are actually getting out of the car and walking around the neighborhood. We are glad to see you. It, it really helped. It, it truly, truly helped to have that because it gave you something to kind of hone in on and go, this is why, right? This person who wants to be able to 
water their plant. And I remember it was somebody who was, it was an older woman who was wanting to go out and water her plants outside, but she didn't feel safe up until that point, right? And she was so thankful that she could come out and water her plants, right? It's the simple things like that. The problem is back then you couldn't talk about those bad feelings. You couldn't talk about the car accident that you saw that the car was flipped over and um, come to find out that somebody you knew knew the person who was in that car that was flipped over and that person who was in the car that was flipped over that you couldn't do anything for because fire rescue wasn't there yet and you can't take the person out of the car you know to then find out the next day that that person teaches with a good friend of yours right um you know nothing prepares you for that and so it's a difficult thing and it's it's a difficult piece of the psyche and i think it's really really important that those of you out here out there who are listening who are in law enforcement talk to somebody right get a counselor talk to somebody it doesn't have to be and look unless you know somebody that does that you may not understand the inner workings of it you may not understand that you don't have to go see a psychologist you don't have to go see a psychiatrist it doesn't have to be this big thing right it doesn't have to carry the stigma that it does it doesn't necessarily always look like what you see on tv it doesn't necessarily look like tony soprano going in to see uh dr melfi so it it doesn't always look like that it can be as simple as seeing a a mental health counselor right who they're not a doctor right so they're not a psychologist they're not a psychiatrist so they're not going to prescribe any medication it is literally just someone for you to talk to who might be able to offer you some some coping skills some some coping mechanisms and it's look it's tough because those of you who who grew up in that generation like myself it's that's all frou-frou stuff like we don't we don't need that we don't i don't need somebody to tell me how to deal with my feelings right because i got it it's all nice neat little box put it away right but having that person to do it and and it's not frou-frou stuff it's actually real life coping mechanisms and maybe maybe right we don't have to look at it on the extreme of well i i'm not interested in killing myself right maybe it's not just that maybe it's your relationships maybe it's your at-home relationships right look at the divorce rate for cops and look at the divorce rate for cops lawyers surgeons okay sky high right Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to start talking, right? Maybe it's time to reach out to that that mental health counselor and have those discussions because even if you're not at the edge, right, maybe it'll help your relationship with your spouse. Maybe it'll help your relationship with your kids. And I think that's really the most important piece to all of this. And I think one of the things that, that I'd like to do as I sit here and, and I've, you know, was thinking about this podcast before jumping on, um, you know, earlier today, I'd actually texted Jason last night and was like, man, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. Um, and this, this idea kind of came into my head. So what, I, what I'd like to do, and I, and I will tell you that my wife is a mental health counselor, okay? And uh, like I said, I'm in her office right now. Um, this is the couch. Like this is this is where you would be right here. Right here's the picture behind your head. Um, it's nice, nice, easy, laid back spot. Um, but I, I'd I'd like to 
offer her services up. And I haven't talked to her about this, so this <laughs> this could get interesting. Um, but it, and I say that, and, and I want to do it in a way that that those of you and I and I want to tailor it just to law enforcement. And and if if it's not something that she feels comfortable with, okay, um, we have the resources and the contacts to get you to somebody who does right. But here's the key, right? All everything costs money. It does, right? I'm not going to sit here and BS you, and, and it's it's not going to be an in plan type of thing because I remember thinking, and and there I wasn't the only person thinking like this. I can't go talk to somebody that's on my health insurance plan or on my plan with the office that I work at because I don't want that office to know. Yeah, there's all sorts of confidentiality, right? So you really. It's really not a valid thought, but at the same time, right, it, I, I get it, and, and I've been there. So this is something that's somewhat completely off the books, right, in terms of the different offices and everything else. And my thought is this, right, let's start a fund. Let's start a fund to, to help offset the costs for law enforcement officers to get the counseling that I think is is very much necessary. Uh, like I said, even if it's not on the extreme of, you know, I, I'm contemplating suicide, even if it's just on the, you know what, I see a lot of things and I just want to cope with it better and I just want, want you know, my home life to be better because I want to have a better relationship with my spouse. And I'm not talking, you know, in terms of like, hey, marital counseling. No, I'm talking you being right with yourself so that you can go home and be right at home, right? Um, I mean, look, we all have stressful days at work. It doesn't matter what you do. Everybody has stressful, bad days at work. And, and then you go home and, and you have you have to be able to turn it off, right? You have to be able to turn work off. Otherwise, it does affect your kids, right? It does affect, it does affect your spouse, right? Girlfriend, boyfriend, married spouse, whatever. You, you get what I'm going at, right? It, it, mom, dad, um, friends, right? It, it does, it affects it. So I'd like to figure out uh, how we can start a fund. Uh, my initial thought, I mean, and look, the, the harder way is we can start a foundation. And yeah, I'm a lawyer, I can put it all together, right? Like I've put several entities together, I can pretty much do it in my sleep, right? But there is a there's a lot of things that have to go into that. Um, you know, it, it could be something that maybe we look at just doing as simply as a GoFundMe, okay? Um, and maybe it starts off like that, right? Maybe it's, let's test it. Let's test it as a GoFundMe. And we create this fund for law enforcement to go get counseling. And um, we talk to Forza Counseling and uh, get, get, their, get their buy-in for it. And look, maybe if, this, if we can do enough, maybe we can fully subsidize sessions for law enforcement. Okay, so that's that's my thought on that. Uh, you know, those of you on the live, feel free to drop comments in. Those of you listening on the podcast, go check out at the Law Father Tampa. Shoot me a DM. Okay, shoot me a DM because I'd like to hear what your ideas are. Right. So those of you who who are listening to the podcast as a podcast, uh, you're not going to have the ability to shoot me a comment on the live. So hit me up with a DM. Let's let's continue this conversation. Let's figure out the best way to do this because I do think it's an important topic. All right. So that is the, uh, that's the heavy topic of the day, 
right? Now let's get into the next topic of the day. Let's get into Wander Franco, which on some levels is equally as deep because, man, that guy. I, I just kind of scratch your head, right? Uh, and go, what What are you thinking? What's going on? Those of you who uh, aren't as familiar with the Wander Franco uh, saga, we'll call it. I, I think, I think, Jason, if we reach the level of saga in Wander Franco, yeah, we're at the saga level. And, and those of you who follow me on Instagram, you've seen some videos. They've actually, some of them have gone viral where, where I'm talking about Romeo and Juliet laws because it was kind of because of Wander Franco and, and what he was doing and what he was going through, I guess you could say. Um, short version of what happened in the Dominican. He hooked up with, I think it was a 14-year-old, and then saw that the mom of the 14-year-old was also being charged, and so kind of the initial thought was, well, mom must have found out that daughter was hooking up with Franco and threatened to go to the police, so you know he had to break off some money. Turns out, somehow or another, there was an arrangement that Franco could date the daughter who was 14, something along the lines of the equivalent of 1400 US dollars a month. Um, and do you know who actually went to the police, Jason, in the Dominican? This all, so this all happened in the Dominican Republic, okay? The daughter, and I'm going off a of memory of what I read, but the daughter who was the one hooking up with Franco apparently went to the police because the mom wouldn't break her off any of the $1,400 a month. I, I am telling you, you can't make this stuff up. Um, and, and if any bit of that is wrong, I apologize. And it's not defamation or slander because I read it somewhere. Actually, it was a news article. But that's actually not truly the definition of defamation and slander. But just know that uh, this is an editorial piece. And I am a journalist, Jason. I, see, every time I talk about something that could have controversy, I'm a journalist. The rest of the time, I'm uh, just playing one on TV. Anyway, that, that's my understanding, at least, of the story. That, that's the gist of it. Okay, that gets us 90% of the way there, at least. Uh, the, the key being, and, and here's where kind of the U.S. Romeo and Juliet laws kind of came into play, is Wander Franco's 22 years old, right? So... You could, because when it initially came out, it was that he had hooked up with someone underage, right? Technically speaking, at least in Florida, and and I know in a lot of the states in the U.S. have these Romeo and Juliet laws that you could be 22 and hook up with a a, a 17 year old, right? And and it's legal. So technically, a 17 year old is underage. However, right, because of these laws, and 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 you think about it, it kind of makes a little bit of sense in a way, right? You could have a 17-year-old high school student and an 18-year-old high school student, and and they've been boyfriend girlfriend, you know, all of high school, and both be seniors, been in the same grade, grew up together, and then all of a sudden you go, well, the day you turn 18, you know, and then you hook up with her, and she's 17. Now all of a sudden, it's illegal, right? So it, it just it almost puts a little bit of common sense into some of the things. Now, if you read the comments on some of those viral videos, you'll see that there's a lot of dregs of society out there who take it in an entirely different way, right? But seemingly that's the, the concept behind it is like you got these two kids in high school or you have you know, a sophomore in college and a, and a young freshman in college, right? That how are you necessarily going to know? Right. I mean, you go to the same college, you're you're a grade year apart. Right. So it, it kind of protects from those instances. However, in the Dominican, it is 18. You are either 18 or you are not. OK, there is no gray area. 
And so that is the summary of, of how we got to, are we ever going to see Wander Franco put on a raised jersey ever again? Do we want to see Wander Franco put on a raised jersey ever again? Um, my answer to that is no. I don't want to see Wander Franco put on a raised jersey ever again. Um, he is a very, very, very talented baseball player. He is a very good baseball player. Um, better than most. Uh, probably had, uh, and you follow a lot of baseball, but I'd say probably probably had the ability to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So, Jason agrees. Probably had the ability to be a Hall of Fame player. Okay. That, that's the type, you know, household name, everything else. But from everything I've heard, guy was just a jerk. Like, at the end of the day, and, uh, you know, I, I, I had this theory going, and I actually, I asked somebody I knew, I had this theory going that when the Rays hit their skid, that, that losing streak that they had, and then they picked it right, and then they picked up, right, if you follow the timeline, they, they started this skid maybe two to three weeks before the news broke about Franco. He was supposed to play on a Sunday, and turned out um, they had pulled him from the lineup. It was a giveaway day. It was a Wander Franco giveaway day, and they pulled him from the lineup because the news was breaking. Well, they said they didn't pull him from, they said it was an off day, but good luck getting anybody to believe that it was an off day because it was the same day that the news broke uh, about the investigation in the Dominican, right? And then you saw him leave the team, and then you saw the team kind of go up in terms of they started winning again. And my theory was always that the team knew a couple weeks before, right? And it was creating a cancer in the locker room. Turns out, though, because I, like I said, I, I, I know, know a couple people along the way. And uh, turns out he was just being a jerk. And, and one had nothing to do with the other except for that the timing coincidentally matched up. So, you know, really hard to bring a guy back. Like, do you want to bring – you've spent a lot of money on this guy. Do you want to bring this guy back that is, is a bad guy in the locker room, right? You know, no one – I don't think anybody really wants – wants a bad guy in the locker room. And I don't mean bad guy criminal, although he also fits that mold as well. But um, let's, look, let's look at it from the legal standpoint, right? What are the Rays' options? Wander Franco is under contract with the Rays. They actually, and it's a guaranteed contract because all the baseball contracts are guaranteed, there are actually scenarios that say that the Rays will still have to pay Wander Franco something, Right? Wrap your head around that, right? So it goes like this. How do the Rays not pay Wander Franco anything? Well, the reality is he's most likely at some point, although we are we are talking about, well, at most likely at some point he's going to have a trial unless he takes a plea. And if he takes a plea, most likely he's going to have to plead guilty to something, right? Or, or whatever their equivalent is in the Dominican, right? Either way, I don't see... It sounds like there's enough instances, meaning that I think there's three girls that are involved, although I think only two have uh, press charges. Is that Jason does not? Wow, this is the first. Hey, mark this down. This is the second time because I know I've said this before. This is the second time that the non-journalist, non-sports journalist knows uh, a couple extra things on the sports side. Um, but I believe there's I believe there's three total, but only two have actual actually brought criminal accusations. I would fully expect to see some sort of equivalent of a guilty for him, whether it's a plea or a trial. Now, if that happens, 
the Rays probably get off scot-free and don't owe him another dime because he won't be able to renew his visa, right? So remember, even though these guys play pro ball, right, they're still subject. There's the, and by these guys, I, let me take that, let me walk that back a second. Uh, the, the, the foreign guys who come in and play baseball, right? Um, so predominantly the Dominican. Um, where, I'm drawing a blank here, Jason. Where else? Where else do we see a lot of guys from besides the Dominican? Drawing a blank here. Like, uh, countries. Caribbean countries that um, the Dominican the Dominican is huge uh, for it. Uh, drawing a blank here, sorry, but be be it as it may, just because they have a contract with Major League Baseball, they still have to have a visa to come over here and play, right? The guys from Cuba they generally get amnesty, right? There there just there has to be a legal path for them to come in to the U.S., right? And if you can't get a visa, you can't get into the U.S. Okay, and quite frankly, the Department of Homeland Security doesn't care if you play baseball, right? And you know, they're, the departments that issue visas are not going to necessarily look kindly on someone who's been convicted of a crime against a child. Okay, so I don't think that you'll see Franco back anyway. But I don't think the Rays will end up having to pay if they can get that squared away, and he ends up with no visa permanently, you know, then, then they won't. But if something happens and he has some path back to the U S right. I could easily foresee the Rays either having to go, Hey man, we'll just, we'll buy your contract out. There's, there's, I'm sure some buyout provision within that contract for some amount of money or there's not. And they're just going, what was it? A $500, $500 million contract. It was something massive. Oh, 200. Uh, you know, just come out with two hundred dollars. Here you go. Two. No, they wish it was two hundred dollars. We wouldn't even be talking about it if it was two hundred dollars. Two hundred million dollars. Here you go. Go away, um, man. Two hundred million dollars in the Dominican. You could just not work another day in your life and and be pretty set. Um, so, but anyway, the the fact of the matter is, the Rays may actually have to shell out some money, uh, which would actually affect them for luxury tax and. Well, being the fact that the Rays don't love to spend money. Anyway, I mean, look at this. This was this was the first guy in a long time, possibly ever, that the Rays kind of went all in on and said, we are going to lock you up for in a long-term contract. Well, hey, look, he got locked up. See? See, Jason? There's consistency there. They wanted to lock Franco up. Franco wanted to be locked up. I think they were talking about two different things, though, two different locked-ups. Uh, but so... Just know that probably won't see Franco back in the U.S. If he is allowed back in the U.S. with a visa, Major League Baseball can still suspend him. Think about this, right? And I'm wrapping this up here, kind of getting getting long-winded on this Wander Franco piece. But think about this. Travis Bauer was essentially excommunicated from baseball. Anybody know what happened to those charges? I believe it turned out, and Jason, hopefully you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe it turned out that at least one of the girls was lying. Okay? And, and so, and oh, by the way, okay, and, and look, maybe he was doing some stuff that, like, you go, dude, come on. But they were all adults involved, and I, I think possibly all consensual, although I think it, it may have uh, been in some sort of gray area. I, I'm not 
actually remember that's been it's been a long time. It's been over a year because he spent I think all year in playing in Japan. Uh, but anyway, the 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 point is right. I don't see Major League Baseball letting Franco back. Right? I mean, th- I, to me, far worse. Right? Yeah, fourteen year old girl. Right? Possibly two of them. To me, that's worse than than anything Bauer could have done with an adult. I, I, well, I say that with the knowledge that it wasn't something that Bauer went to jail for, okay? Because you can do worse, right? Although, wow, we're really splitting hairs. I'm not really sure how I would get myself out of this one, Jason. You get what I'm saying, though, right? Like, the, the Bauer situation seemed bad, but could no way be worse than Franco's situation because... Everybody was an adult in that particular situation based on the facts. And, oh, based on the fact that turns out one of, at least one of them was lying. Okay. So don't expect to see Franco in a raised uniform. Really don't expect to see Franco in a major league uniform uh, anytime ever. Probably no Hall of Fame then. And, uh, but we may see the Rays have to pay him. So just know that the Rays may be shelling out some bucks to uh, Franco, who is down in the Dominican getting ready for spring training, taking some BP. Uh, I think he thinks uh, he'll be up here in February. I don't know. Maybe he'll. Maybe we will all be surprised. Anyway, that is the show for today. As always, the Law Father podcast is brought to you by Frankie Law. Those of you who are partying on Gasparilla, you know who to call. 855-LAW-FATHER. And uh, that is the show for today. Right here from Law Father headquarters. Law Father out. <laughs>